one of my favorite people in the whole world. Oh, She's one of my favorite her. actresses. I've interviewed yes. her before. I have no idea why she came back. She, <laughs> she was just, in bed with me last time. So Do you remember? Oh. It was so much fun. We talked about all the things. Did she try to put the moves on you? No, I'm just wondering where the coffee and croissants <laughs> yeah. are last time. Well, we, spoiled yeah, last we time. lost our budget, okay? That is that is what has happened. But thank you for coming back. Yes. Yay. We won't put you on any weird spots. Well, we, we'll try. We'll try to keep it PG. You know, PG, PG. <laughs> So we are so excited to have you, Miss Jenna Elfman. Yay. So excited. So let's just jump right into it because you have such an amazing acting history. You do rich acting acting history. history. So obviously the first time I think a lot of people sort of met you and Mm -hmm. fell in love with you was Dharma and Greg, you know? What a great show. It totally launched you into like superstardom, you know, status. It really became like a pop culture phenomenon. Were you ready for all the attention that that garnered for you? Like, I think I, I was, if it only in a, in a, hmm, sort of weird to say, yes, I was. But it wasn't yes, I was in the way that I think most people consider stardom. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like... Oh, the fancy cars and the dresses and the and the red carpets and the. For me, my because you know when you fantasize about accomplishing your goals, mm-hmm. you you fantasize what your ideal version of it. You know, you're not mm-hmm. fantasizing it in like what I don't know what someone else may hope to be. Mm-hmm. Mine was always the impact on the world, and it was always it wasn't about me. It was about. From a young girl, I I really was impacted looking around and seeing so many people unhappy mm-hmm. and seemingly suffering or just they, people didn't seem like happy, uh-huh. you know, and I was like a happy kid. And I was like, what's I, I observed that it, it impinged on me that there was a discrepancy that everyone wasn't just like digging life. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just felt tremendous compassion about that. Like as a young person, I didn't know as a child how I could make people feel better mm-hmm. when I looked around them and they just seemed not thrilled with existence or getting joy out of just living. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, I wanted to be in a position where I could impact as many people as possible in a favorable way. Mm-hmm. So when I, and that was what I would dream about. It was like, ah, oh, like hundreds of millions of people. That's my reach. That's yeah. like the, the, the sphere of Thinking influence. big. I right. love it. Think yeah. big from, yeah. Yeah. from six years right. old. That was probably like, my problem. She's already more evolved like than we are. If I could just make my mom like my performance, then I'd be good. But you <laughs> right. were thinking big. Yeah. 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 Um, and so it was just, I need to be on a platform where I can reach hundreds of millions of people right. so that I can, I can like impinge some joy on them mm-hmm. you know and um so that's kind of when i made it i went i'm making people smile or i'm making them feel alive right this is my goal yeah. was big so that's that's what it was for me it wasn't about like getting attention or fa- right. or you know being approved of mm-hmm. as being cool or some fantastic fashion entity or something like that's that probably why your career has continued though yeah. is because when it becomes selfless and not selfish i think when it becomes all about you mm-hmm. then there's like an end to that at it some does point. feel like a finite mm-hmm. yeah goal. there's a finite goal mm-hmm. there and like for you because it was at such a young age that you wanted to entertain people make people feel better you're giving you're giving back and I think that that's more that's more motivational for you to keep going Mm -hmm. Um, and it's less depressing when things don't go your way I Mm -hmm. think well Mm -hmm. I've gotten so much joy out of it so it's very fulfilling and reassuring as you go which I Mm -hmm. think 
you know, gives a little bit more buffer for maybe some of the slower times, mm-hmm. which there always is in any journey. You know, there's great peaks and there's valleys mm-hmm. and there's you, re-neg- you re-navigate, you know, you're like, oh, wow, this is okay. Wow. Oh, I hit the peak. Like, where yeah. do I go? I'm at right, the top of right, the mountain. Right. Like, so you have to plan a new venture, you and know, that and doesn't so get that you takes, down? you have to, yeah. but you have to go downhill in order mm-hmm. to get down to then right. climb a new mountain. Right. Were you glad that there was no social media when Dharma and Greg came out and like, you know, all the attention was shown upon you? Was Were you glad that there wasn't that kind of social media? Interesting. Like I mean, it's hard to think because I didn't know mm-hmm. it didn't exist. So it's hard to know what you don't know. Like mm-hmm. thinking back at that right. time, it wasn't like. If only I had Instagram right. and yeah. Facebook. Were you out like partying and doing things that you wouldn't no. want people to see on God, social no. media? No. Okay. No. No. Yeah. I just mm. I did that when I was 18. I got right. that out of the way. Okay. You know, um, I, I did know that in order to be a professional and to improve yourself as an artist, there is a sense of ethics that you must maintain right. uh, mm-hmm. to expand yourself, mm-hmm. both personally and professionally. You can't, I, I don't think, I mean, you can be unethical, but I think you'll be miserable when you mm-hmm. put your head on the pillow, which doesn't interest me mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always was kind of just in acting class and going to work and doing charity stuff. And I don't know, I was just trying to improve myself. I don't right. know. I just, that, that wasn't part of the architecture of my journey. Was right. there a pivotal moment that you remember that you thought, okay, my life has officially changed? Like, do you remember where you were when that struck you? Like, obviously you shoot a show and it doesn't come out for a little bit. Um, and then, you know, the show takes time to grow and, and become successful. Ours do you didn't. remember? Okay. We had was 18 like million viewers. Like, And that premiere. never happens, you know? Not, you know? It doesn't happen no, these no. days. Well, no, because it's, you know, it, but it's not, it's funny. Okay, so to answer your first question, and then I'll talk just about ratings and the diversification of all the entertainment platforms, because people are like, oh, ratings are going down everywhere. Oh. But it's actually, there's just so much content spread out all over. Before, mm-hmm. there was like four networks. Mm-hmm. So you only had four places to go. Right, so right, right. divvy up a culture who is watching mm-hmm. to four places, you get 18 million or more. Um, I Love Lucy. There was like two. I don't know. It was like 50 million. It was crazy, the the ratings. So um, I think here's the interesting thing. I was on a show called Townies. Mm -hmm. That was on ABC. Mm -hmm. That was my first series as a series regular. Mm -hmm. It lasted only 13 episodes. I don't even think all of them aired. We were canceled with 13 million viewers because that was really low. That was like, oh, these ratings aren't sufficient. Right. And that was 18 to 49, not like even all viewers, I think. Um, so I got attention from that show. Mm-hmm. So towards the end of filming those 13 episodes, I was called over by 20th Century Fox for a meeting. And because they were like, who's this new interesting person? It's funny. And she's a girl. And um, went and had a meeting at 20th Century Fox and then was driving to film the last day of Townies. And by the time I arrived... At work, I got called and was offered a million dollar development deal. Mm. And Somebody which like also you. does not happen anymore. I like a million dollar anything, really. Yeah. I could do anything for a million dollars. You clearly nice. did something Almost right anything. in that meeting. Yeah. You did something right, girl. So they give you, just so people understand what a development deal is, so they give you a million dollars and what happens? You are. So they said, here's the list of writers that, and also then ABC also made me a development deal, an offer. And so I had to decide between a studio or a network. Mm-hmm. And I decided to go with a studio deal because then I had more options of where right. it could end up. To... Right, right. So <clears throat> they gave me a list, how it went for me. I'm not sure if how this is done anymore, but they said, here's the writers, the list of writers we have deals with. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You can meet whoever you want and pick whoever you want to do a show for you. Mm-hmm. So I met with one set of writers. They said, oh, we think you're great, but we're already d- doing something for this upcoming TV season. But we'd love to do something for you next season. I said, I have momentum. Bye-bye. Next one on the list was Chuck Lorre and Dottie Dartland. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sent over a, a sort of sample essence um, description of something they were bouncing around. I went and had lunch with them and they pitched Dharma and Greg mm-hmm. and I shook on it there and said, let's do it. And I, this is, this is one of those once in a lifetime moments, but it was kind of at that moment that I knew mm-hmm. that your life had changed. I knew it was going to be a huge. I hit. just got shivers right. like right through my, I knew <laughs> it was all my bottom bits and story. top bits, everything. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. I said, let's do it. I literally, I saw saw the awards. I saw the ratings. I saw the success. It it was just an absolute instant, yes, this is, I know. I I, I didn't go home and talk about it with my husband. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask my agent. I asked nobody their opinion. I was absolutely certain. And what did they all say when you say we, we I made the deal? I didn't even li- I didn't it wasn't in my ethos to uh-huh. listen to what other people's opinion okay. was of what I should be doing. And only after some struggles did I go, "Oh, maybe I should listen to people," which only made it all worse. And uh-huh. so I've gotten back to just when I'm clear on what I want to do. And I actually prior to that had made a list of I want to be I want to star in a show and I want to be able to ride horses I want to be able to dance I want to make people laugh I want to be silly I want to wear cute clothes I want to have a love interest I want to and I literally wrote out all the qualities that I think would be fun to go to work every day and do and it was Dharma and Greg oh that's amazing so I was just very clear on what I wanted to do what inspired me Mm -hmm. that was in alignment with the effect I wanted to create what my goal was Everything was aligned, and then it just, everything just kind of came in underneath that, and I'm source. I'm source for my life, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you believe in manifestation then? Yeah, I guess if you just name, if you know what you want, and you just get really clear, Mm -hmm. it does. It just starts to appear. This week, I was like, sex and money. That's all I want. (laughs) Sex and money, sex and money. Every morning, I was like, sex and money, sex and money. I don't know if I've got either, but, you know, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to manifest. (laughs) So, Jenna, when Dharma and Greg went off the air, um, what was that period of time like for you? Were you worried? Were you thinking, oh, my God, what is the next job for me? Like, or did you take that time and just really, like, reflect and kind of take some downtime? Like, what what was that time like for you? It was a... Tricky time. Okay. It was a really like a second puberty. Mm-hmm. Ah. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i not good not working. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you for saying that out loud. Yeah. Just had a baby. It's been a year. I have not not, I have not not worked in 20 years almost. Yeah. First year I haven't. I'm kind of losing it. Yeah. Trying to find my footing, trying to find something to hold on to. Yeah, I get it's that. It's hard not to work. Yeah, it's real hard. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Real hard. Like, I'm really bad Mm -hmm. if I am not working or at least know there's something coming that's, Mm -hmm. like, settled, you know, Mm -hmm. it's signed. You know, even now, like, we're going into season six on Fear the Walking Dead, my third season on the show. Mm -hmm. We were already renewed when we were filming season five, which was such a blessing. I know we go back maybe, you know, sometime at the end of the year. I don't know which episode I'm going to start in. I'm... Feeling secure, yeah. still starting to get. I really worried about the fact that you don't know what's going to happen. Like, they hired me for you know several seasons, and oh, I, good, good, good. I don't think they're so. Gonna. You're here to stay, but um, well, they can change their minds at any time. But I <laughs> right. kind of went, you know what? They're not going to like hire me and bring me on to then kill me off in right. five seconds. And I think they're happy with what I'm doing. But I and I needed a break. I was worn to the core at the end of this last season. Yeah. I had I was I had 
Too much. Uh, hours we'll of grueling. Yes, thing. and I, we're going to talk about it. One to mm-hmm. two times a week. And then 16-hour days, waking up at 3, driving to work at 4. No one talks about that. The balance is something that no one really – especially women in the film business, I think. And with small children, you have small children who, you know, are under – they're not teenagers. So you have to be there and you have to be present for your kids as well as as working. So there's like – you're time poor. You're so time poor and you're emotionally drained and you're physically drained. And it's so hard to give everyone – Everything. So, like, I don't think women can have it all. Maybe they can have it all, but not at the same time. Yeah, you know, I think, I think you that's have it a problem. all in the moment you're having the thing you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you brought up you, a, that's you know, but but yeah, mm-hmm. after Dharma and Greg, right? Uh, I so because I'm not good at not working, I took mm-hmm. jobs just so that I could keep work. working. Mm-hmm. But they weren't necessarily the right job to take. They didn't honor what I'd accomplished with Dharma and Greg. Right. You know, it wasn't like the quality that I you know, I, I didn't even know how to think with it. I, I it was a really awkward, awkward, uh, unchartered territory for me mm-hmm. that I had no point of reference to. And who do you ask? Yeah. who? That's where you go. That's where I felt like I needed some guidance. Uh, right, right. Yeah. And then you got to be real clear on people who you surround yourself with because if their goal is to make money. Right. Versus your best intention. Expand your right. journey and make longevity mm-hmm. a plan for that. Those are two different intentions. Mm-hmm. And so that became a bit of a thing. Mm-hmm. So... I really felt challenged at that time. Challenged, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. And I didn't know, like, do I want to do it? Keep doing comedy? Yeah. Kept doing comedy, kept starring comedy, and then you mm-hmm. last a season and get canceled. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I had to reinvent, and it took time. Right. And I feel like now I'm on a, the correct next chapter for myself. So do you enjoy fame? Are there aspects about it that you do yeah. like? And if you didn't have it, would that feel empty to you? For me, fame is how many people I can positively impact. Mm -hmm. That's all I care about. I want to create good effects. I see Mm -hmm. this world is a disaster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what the fuck are you doing if you are not doing something to make it better? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and to... you can do it in small ways, you know, but I think the correct estimation here is a lot more than we think. Right. And so for me, I desire a large platform so that I feel like I can positively impact as many people as possible mm-hmm. and um, in a favorable way and make them feel either hope about life, inspired, reminded that something can be done about their life, anything that's a forward motion that improves their well, their thought process, their hope, mm-hmm. their if they had a shitty day. I guess so many people like, oh, you know, I was going through chemo, and you just kept me laughing and thank you. You have no idea how valuable that was. It's like wow. So you don't wow. care about getting to the front of the line of the pizza shop. <laughs> That's no, I actually thing. find yeah, that embarrassing. Restaurant yeah, reservations. Okay. There's certain perks. You're more old than me. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Do you know? I was on a big show. Just kidding. Yeah. I don't really say that. No, I but. really enjoy kind of just being a proletariat mm-hmm. and, and and existing in the same line as everybody else mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a Dodger catcher that was signing autographs and whatever, like Dick's Sporting Goods. And I took my kids and we waited in line and did it the normal way. Oh, so you weren't like, okay, I am Jenna Elfman and I need to go to the front. No, because my kids do live a great life because of what I do, but they must know what what real Mm -hmm. life is for everybody. And they have to experience that 
Because I don't know that they're going to live some, right. I mean, they, I don't know. I don't know what kind of life they're going to end up with. Right. I'm not giving them all my money. They got to learn how to work, right. man. That's, right. you, you'll be, you see trust fund babies, they are disoriented, oh, troubled right. people. So with the fame, you know, obviously comes the fandom and like the crazy fans. And I can imagine even more so now that you're on Fear of the Walking Dead, what is the craziest thing that a fan has ever done to you? Or done, you know, yeah. with you or what happened. Well, it's all in such good spirit, you know. Um, so you've never had a psycho, a crazy... No, they're just so... You know, I meet them at the conventions. I do these fan conventions because I really wanted... Because fear is part of the Walking Dead universe. Mm-hmm. Huge it, fandom. It's yeah. huge. And I'm coming into an already established fandom. And I wanted to understand what it is because mm-hmm. I had never... You know, just because you're famous doesn't mean you've experienced a fandom right. genre type experience. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to, you know, as part of my professionalism, understand the world I'm in. So I went and started doing these conventions just so I can get in front of the people that are the fans and understand why they are fans Mm -hmm. and and, then just be oriented. And I just love them. Mm -hmm. They are the sweetest, Mm -hmm. sincere people I have ever met. And I've made good friends with many of them where we you are friends. Their family yeah. Some way. They, they it like is. They know you. Yeah. And they know every single bit about that show. Yes. I mean, from start to finish. And I totally appreciate that because right. I work my ass off on all those details and I care a lot because they are the ones I am doing this for. Right. And I, when I got the show, I watched every episode of The Walking Dead and I watched so. every episode of Fear. Mm-hmm. And so I became a fan. Mm-hmm. So I understand their passion. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I kind of share that with them. And um, I don't know, you know, the cosplay or I have this one <laughs> guy who I've become a very good friend with. Mm-hmm. He dresses up as uh, he does these very funny photo ops. So mm-hmm. he dressed as me from Can't Hardly Wait in the gold <laughs> bra as oh, stripper it. angel. <laughs> I love it. That we did amazing. a photo op. Yes. He dressed uh-huh. in a wig as Greg and then. <laughs> As Dharma and Greg. So he's very creative and does really funny things. um, And I love him. So I think it's the playfulness, the enthusiasm, the sincerity that I just, I love it. So you've never had like the, where they've crossed over and done something made you feel uncomfortable or anything like that? No, but I'm tough. Like you do something weird near me, look out because I'll speak up. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Because I love people and I just think people should have some manners. Yeah. So I was on Pretty Little Liars for eight years and they would dress up um, with sunglasses and a cane. But they would always come up to me and like think that I was really couldn't see. So they'd like be waving in front of my face. And I'm like, I must be such an incredible actress that you literally think I'm visually impaired. You Isn't know, that amazing. So they do. They, they, they get so connected. That investment here. of yeah, energy. I absolutely. Think, How fun. They're yeah. just so engaged. I don't know. I just, they're not glib, dull too cool for school right, like right. I don't know I've never been that kind of person I've always been like passionate right, and right, dorky right, and excited right. about things and um, so I I appreciate people who are not afraid to just show their joy yeah mm-hmm. so you told us why you became an actress so in those times that you're not acting and you said that you go through those emotional sort of ups and downs how do you get out of them mm. well I find it's important. Please give me some advice. <laughs> yeah, Because well, it's not it's, drugs, obviously. No, it's not, I, al- it's I not alcohol. Drugs. It's not. So, like, how do you? Um, no, and I only drink a couple times a year. Dig a nice glass of wine yeah. a couple times a year. Drink for me, and I'm like, where's a stripper, <laughs> where's a stripper ball? Yeah. I got some moves. <laughs> you know, I do things that give me joy. Mm-hmm. And I think that That's fuels true. me back up. 
I go for walks or I'll exercise or I'll get with a girlfriend and go for a hike. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a Scientologist. I've been a Scientologist for almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um, That I find really, really, really helps. Mm -hmm. It really helps me stay true to myself, Mm -hmm. gives me tools for life. It, it, um, L. Warren Hubbard's books are fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. He's way ahead of his time. Um, and it just actually it makes me understand without taking a beating. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, I still take a beating. Yeah. But it's a, it's a whole different, it's not the same. Right. It's a beating, beca- but with understanding of what I'm doing. And if I take a beating, I know what I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. wow, I, I really did not... Talk in a way that, like, I I can take responsibility for the fact that something's coming at me. I'm not in a state of unknowingness about the world swirling around me. Like, Mm -hmm. I know so much, but I've studied many hours learning things that are true for me. It rings true for me, and that's why I do it. that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. And so with, um, you mentioned you're a Scientologist. You know, in recent years, there's been some negative press surrounding the church. How did, has that affected you at all, or? (laughs) Not. Not at all. No, I know what I know. I know what it does for me, and I also... I'm in Hollywood. Do you think that everything, yeah. just because someone says something negative, right. it's true? <laughs> right. No. I mean, honestly. Right. So I know Please. you because one of mm-hmm. my closest friends in the world, her name is Bowie Sims. She is a Scientologist as well. And she's helped me so much. I'm not a Scientologist. I have my own beliefs. But she's helped me so much with the tools that she's gotten through Scientology to help me with my own life mm-hmm. and how to communicate better with my husband. And it's funny. She gave me this little book, um, which is like the Ten like the Ten Commandments almost. Oh, the, ten, the Way to Happiness. The Way to Happiness. Yeah. And it's so funny because so many of those way to happiness is like what I've read in the Bible in a way. It's like, Mm. be good to people, you know? (laughs) It's like, I think we get such a negative noise out there. And it's like, unless you just look into it for yourself and Mm -hmm. see what works for you in your life and how to better, just to be happy, I see how much it affects her in such a positive way. And it just makes me angry sometimes that, you know, you have one or two people that can ruin everything for everyone. Yeah, well... Are they really ruining it? Or are they just being really loud and noisy? Being very loud and noisy. It's like chickens. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just cackling chicken. Like, it's nothing to me. You know, you see that about every single person. Like, you can look around at any celebrity, any known entity. Look mm-hmm. at Steve Jobs, man. Mm-hmm. He was voted off of his own board by the Group Think Committee. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in the guy who was running Pepsi had taken over and he was going to almost destroy the company. So, and then they brought Steve Jobs back and kapow, it was back. So I don't believe any of that. I don't, I don't actually, when I start hearing a load of shit about something, it makes me curious because I go, they must be doing something right. Otherwise people wouldn't bother to attack because good people, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't see a whole lot of noise. They just, if they don't like something, they just leave it. Mm -hmm. They don't like, you know, dedicate their like all this creative energy to like destroying something that is actually could be good and helpful and you know mm-hmm. so i'm always like suspicious when i hear all this noise because i go I, I i honestly every time if a magazine or a media outlet yeah. starts attacking someone i go oh i bet they're doing something right, right. Mm-hmm. yep so what do you think is the biggest <laughs> misconception about scientology for those who might not know 
I just think go to Scientology. It's not even something I'm going to sit here and debate. It's like the most beautiful thing. It's tools for communication. You have to be courageous to look at yourself and improve yourself. You can't, you know, if you just want to blame everybody, you're never going to improve. So don't bother. Like if you're someone who just wants to blame everybody, just skip it. Because this is not for you. If you actually, no, I need some help. You know, if if you actually are truly interested in in learning that, like maybe communication could help solve your problems, and maybe you can communicate better, or if you'd like to have a better relationship with other people, um, gain more confidence, get rid of the those crazy doubts and noise in your head. There's a reason for it, and Mm -hmm. Dianetics explains it, and it's a masterpiece. It's incredible. Just go to Mm Scientology.org. That's it. That's the only place you got to go and find out for yourself. Because mm-hmm. if it's not true for you, it's not true for you. Move on. Okay. If it's true for you, find out some more. Maybe it'll help you. Mm-hmm. And that's really mm-hmm. all I have to say. Should we talk about your husband? Ooh. What do you think? Oh, yes. Sure. You sure. have a podcast, an R-rated podcast mm-hmm. about marriage, love, and annoyance, which I am understanding right now because <laughs> I have a new baby. Together. And I feel like Roxy and I talk a lot about the fact that our husbands annoy us so much. Yes. Um, but we love them so much. But why do they annoy so much? How is it working with your husband? Or it, like, do you even think it's work doing the podcast? No, the podcast is not work because it's just us being us. And we've been together for like almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people say, God, in this town, how do you yeah, do it? That's what I was about to say. Yeah. How do you do it? Question yeah. Probably good about that, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and that's why we started the podcast because we honestly, I mean, we have hardly anything in common um but there is that's probably why it works yes there is something about us where i think we're aligned in our curiosity for living Mm -hmm. and um but yeah i mean i you know there's there's periods of time where every third day i'm like yes probably should divorce him now right right, right. every third day yeah that's good yeah depending on how much sleep i've had yeah um but I love doing the podcast with him. It's really, we are eccentric and I adore him and he drives me fucking batty at the same time. And then I adore him again and I'm like, oh my God, I can't imagine being with anyone else. And then I'm like, oh my God, get me out of this as fast as possible. Isn't it funny how love and hate are like all versions of the same thing, yeah. you know? Like I can hate my it is so much yes. and then I can- But you you be... had to like him before you hated him, otherwise right. there'd be nothing to hate. Right. Like there's, so there's always- an affinity first. Right. You indifference know, is the a scary thing. thing. Like if there's indifference that you don't care either way, yeah, then then you're scary. like full, then you're falling out of love. Yeah. yeah, but it's like you can go into it, go into the day being like so in love, and this in literally I know in a split second on a dime. Yeah, you know? I mean, often when I'm hating him. Mm-hmm just back of that is something that I either need to deal with your own shit did that wasn't cool that I'm not dealing with this I'm just blaming him Uh uh or didn't do that I should have done that I know he would have wanted me to do and so now he's an asshole right because it's easy, right? It's well, easy because to say. It, yeah. it, it, if he's an asshole then my little transgression's not as bad, right? Because right. Right. it's it's on something that's not as good. Mm-hmm. I lessen him so that I feel better about not looking at my thing. So, you know, it's usually some of my responsibility. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he can be also annoying. Yeah. I feel like as women, we've been, like, taught the victim mentality a lot. And I feel like recently I've realized, like, how much I play the victim. Like, how could you do this to me? Like, how could I makes you right. be put in this situation? <laughs> Why you didn't right. you do this? Yeah. And I realize, like, we've been taught that, so, like, from a very young age. Like, make sure the guy opens the door. You're the victim. Make sure you the guy, like, puts your bag up on in. in and then yeah. what happens is you, it doesn't set you up for a very good, strong life mm-hmm. when a- everyone's always doing things for you. I, I 
have a controversial response to what you just mm-hmm. said. Because I'm raising two boys. Right. And I fucking care about manners. And I care about them being gentlemen. So here's my my view of a guy holding the door or lifting the bag for me. Which I totally understand how it... Because I have two girls. By I'm default. Like, Do it yourself. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. this. Don't really right. for a man. Yeah. But women bust ass. Mm-hmm. Hold that fucking door open for me. Mm-hmm. And lift my fucking bag. Right. Because I just gave you children. Yeah. And you have some fucking muscles because you got a little more testosterone than me. Yeah, please lift my bag. Thank you. Do we confuse them, though? Because we say we want to be equal. We want to be paid equal. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to work and make it's the money. It's courteous, though. And to then, me, it's like, just still- courteous. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean right. I, I can't lift my bag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't no want to lift my you. bag. I believe me, I want my husband to open yeah. the door. My bag. Do we uh-huh. confuse them in some way? I think it's respectful. I hold the door for my mother because mm-hmm. right. okay. I respect her. Mm-hmm. I would like to make the journey into the car less efforted for her because <laughs> I respect her. Yeah. And it's a gesture sure. that uh, it puts me in a place of... It's not subordinated, mm-hmm. but a place of service. Right. And I think service is shows respect, shows you're willing to take a moment of humility to gesture um, respect towards somebody. Mm-hmm. So if a guy lifts my bag, I appreciate it because to me, mm-hmm. he's showing me some respect. I do not like struggling with my bag while some dick sits there no, and watches me either. struggle. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't like it. And I want to know his mother's phone number. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and and so I really, um, I'm always encouraging my kids to help other mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. hold the door, help an elderly, help a lady. She brings life into this world. You mm-hmm. fucking help her. Mm-hmm. You help her if she's not even, if she's struggling, if she's struggling. I don't care. Mm-hmm. If it's another man struggling to carry mm-hmm. something, That's just what I was offer about to, to say. help does out. It work, human does it work being, both be ways? Kind. It's more of yeah. being... If you're humanitarian doing it in a condescending way, rather then fuck than off. being yeah. about you know? the sexes, it's no. about being more of a humanitarian. I get you mean, it. it's like just being kind to people, right? Yeah, yeah, like if a dude goes to lift my yeah. bag from the thing, like as if I can't because I'm just some chick Little who lady. can't lift something, right. then. But that's intention. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm good, thanks. I'll say mm-hmm. it. I'm good, thank you. Yeah. I'm good. Now, you're not going to condescend me, right? Right. But if you actually want to help me. Because it's like respect, mm-hmm. I'm all in. Done. So I think it's intention. Right yeah, we do. We do. It's my big, my big so, fist table. Yeah. Fist <laughs> yes, respect. Oh my gosh. So I am like so fascinated by the whole acting profession and specifically love scenes because I'm like trying to put my head around this because I'm a, I'm a red carpet host, so I've not really had to do love scenes. But well, they're amazing. I know. Just I know. She tells me all the time how oh, no. they are. Have well, you- I was doing NTV. I'm like, I'm gonna go make out with Matthew McConaughey today. <laughs> I mean, that's like, not so that is not so bad, okay? Sometimes they um, stick the tongue and sometimes they don't. Sometimes I wish they would. Yeah, so what have you ever had like an awkward love scene where you're just like, ooh, it's just kind of weird? I've lucked out. Really? Yeah, I've kind of enjoyed them all. Okay. I haven't, I haven't ever. It's kind of enjoyable. Forget out yeah. of jail card. No one gets you know? angry about it. Yeah, when they call cut, though, I really, I don't. Do you cut? I when cut. You cut. Okay, okay. No, I cut. Like, okay. that's it. I, 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 I think some of my scene partners have been offended because <laughs> yeah. I'll just like, I just literally turn my head, yeah, I done. walk away, yeah, wow. yeah. I do not vibe, okay. I do not continue a vibe, I do not, but when the camera's rolling, uh-huh. that's my job. 
that's your job. And then I get enjoy. It's wonderful. Yeah. If so that's, you know, what it's supposed to be in the scene, you know. Right. Um, yeah, but a cut is cut. Cut is cut. So it doesn't feel like sort of awkward. It feel, does it feel real, like, in yeah. some sense? Camera's okay. real. Yeah, it, Same does. As it actually does yeah. feel real. It yeah. does feel real, huh? So The, the it, problem with me is that, like, you can be in a scene and... I get a little, my brain gets a little confused because I'm doing things that I would do with my husband with another man, mm-hmm. touching his body, kissing him, smelling him. And it's hard for me to not think that this is really happening in real life. You really have to process it after and say, this is my job. Mm-hmm. And I understand how people have affairs, you know? It's mm-hmm. like you're doing something that is not natural to your mind, body, or soul mm-hmm. in front of everyone, and it's hard not to continue. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's through the, if you're doing it from the viewpoint of the character, mm-hmm. I think that's the the way to navigate that, mm-hmm. is the character's, the character's thoughts, the goals, mm-hmm. what's moving the story forward, mm-hmm. which also, like, when I really do it from the viewpoint of the character, mm-hmm. which I really do on fear, um, you know, it affects how I touch him. Mm-hmm. What kind of caress? Because what does that moment between them and that time in this moment right now mean? Mm-hmm. And that affects how I touch him, why and when. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if we do it from the viewpoint of the character and then it cut is cut and you go back to being yourself, that, that really helps create more of a differentiation instead of a smear uh, vibe in time and space with, mm-hmm. with the experience. So, did your husband ever get jealous seeing you do a love scene? No, no, no. Yeah, enjoy it. Great. Yeah. How do you keep it spicy with your husband? Yeah. Mm. No. Spicy. Do you schedule like we uh, we've been baby stage, so it's yeah. like yeah. Friday night. I, it's on from seven to yeah. seven. Right. Oh six. Oh three. Oh two. Maybe oh two depends on how tired we are. I will be there yes. with bells on. Yes, yeah. ready to go. My poor husband's always like, I'm just so. I literally say like, should we have sex? And he, he literally just says to me, I'm just too tired. I can't. I can't do anything. And that's like the stage that we are. And we just have to accept it and realize it's not forever and it's just a season. It's hard when you're in the season to go like, this is forever. Yeah. Um, but it is like you have to. My like, husband make could an- be um, almost going to the ER with the flu or some other problem and still have sex. Really? That's what okay, I, okay. Yeah, I, I'm like that. I'm but like, your kids I, are a little bit older, right? They're like nine, nine and 12. 12. Yeah. Yeah. Do you instigate or does he? Uh, he he does. So there's always one. Or sometimes I do, yeah. just because you know I know it's he nice likes that. It. You yeah. know, but it's um, yeah. No, I mean I do, I do. But oftentimes I get a text. You know, I'm putting the kids to bed, and so I'll get the text. Are you on text? And then it's the eggplant emoji or something. Uh-huh. Like that. To nice. find that eggplant emoji, sometimes I said like, because again, my or a squirt. Said, you know. Oh, I like it. My nice. husband is so tired. Like I'll take like literally a picture of my naked body, and he'll be like, "Did the baby shit today?" And I'll be like, "Okay, that's where we are." Like yeah. there is no like understanding of what I'm trying to do. But here's the thing: I feel like, I mean, maybe this is just my husband because that's all I've been with for 30 years. But mm-hmm. you know, if you start. Even though he's tired, I'm just giving unsolicited advice. Please do yes, it. Yes, please, please do, do it. We it. need it. We're not recording or anything. Nobody will hear it. But not I going mean, to any if you're laying people. there and you start touching him down yeah. there, it doesn't take much for a male body to kind of yeah. rise to the occasion. <laughs> and then, I don't know. I don't think he'd turn you down. Sometimes he's so tired. Like, it's it's 
because he does the baby at night mm-hmm. now because I did the breastfeeding and I've stopped and now I pump and he mm-hmm. takes the bottles. So he does the nights. And so if she's up every two hours, like I honestly think he would fall asleep. Like I would yeah, be touching right. him and then he would fall asleep. Right. Yeah. Like, it's while like it's, relaxing. Like while it's, yeah. yeah. Like this is a nice yeah. massage, like a Korean massage. Right. Sure. Um, with a happy okay. ending. I get that. And um, yeah. he would uh-huh. just probably fall asleep. Yeah. Like, every that's, two that's hours is bad. rough. Story would wake up every hour and a half oh. for like over a year. That's my first was, and it took me five years to do it again. Mm-hmm. Such oh PTSD. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I know, right? So when the kids were younger and you were kind of going through the weeds like that, did you have points where you kind of like intimacy went to the back burner? And then if you did, how did you get through no. that? No. I mean, from his point of view. It yeah. um, but uh, I mean, I suppose... It was, you know, we try to keep it like once a week for sure now. Yeah. That's good. That's but, a good see, number. Once a week for me, I feel like is like we've lost it. Like, yeah, she she I, wants it like 10 times a day. No, I don't. I'm not a sex addict, but like have a coffee, have an orgasm, go to work. Like that's like a nice way to start the day. I get that. So now we're like, you know, once a week on a Friday from 7 till 7.02. And I feel like there could be more yeah. than two minutes a week. You sure, know what I mean? Sure, sure. But again, it's it's definitely a season. Right. Yeah. A season. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I, I, I suppose there was. I think it's different from every mm. point of view, you know. Like, for me, I was so distracted and consumed right. with the baby. I wasn't thinking, like, uh, sex, you know. And he was probably thinking. So I, I think my, my calendar would probably mm-hmm. just, time would fly by. And right. I was like, oh, right, we should do that. You yeah. Know? That's what we need to do, right? Yeah. Do you ever suffer from severe mom guilt? Or did you back in the day when you had kids? Yeah, I remember when mm. I first went back to work for the very first time. After having story, mm-hmm. I had a good um, two years mm-hmm. home with him. Mm-hmm. That's great. But I was also losing it creatively. <laughs> yeah. I was like trying to do shows, but <laughs> yeah, I was creative. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the best. Uh, and um, I was pregnant mm-hmm. when I went back to work with my second kid. Mm. And I would break down crying. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't believe I was away from him. Um, because when I, I went back to work when he was five weeks old, but I had him with me, so it wasn't mm-hmm. like that big a deal. This was where he's at home and I'm at work. And I felt like I had no oxygen. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I would just cry at work. Like, I'd be on set, like, eating my bagel and cream cheese. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like all right, let's go back to one and let's rehearse. And I was, yeah. like, like wiping my tears. It was yeah. just felt so... Make out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I definitely felt uncomfortable. When I, we filmed Fear of the Walking Dead in Austin. Mm-hmm. And so I commute between My LA and Austin. State, Texas. Oh, yeah. The best. I'm a Texas girl through and through. It's the best, isn't Texas it? Texas is awesome. awesome. I really enjoy my time there. Okay. Austin's a great city as well. The music, everything. Oh, yeah. Just it. It's a unique city. It's, I don't think it's like Dallas and Houston. Right. So it's its own little special mm-hmm. place. Um, but I, like, one time I was like, it was like three weeks where I hadn't seen them. Mm, wow. I can't imagine. And it's I hard. start getting, like, panicky mm-hmm. yeah. that I can't even define it. I'm, I'm so distracted with work and my attention is focused on work. But I start feeling very discontented and agitated mm-hmm. and, like, something's wrong that I can't put my finger on. Mm-hmm. And everywhere I look, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that. And I think that's just that mama bear. 
Yeah. Na- Honestly, Mother nature is like inside you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's almost, I've only spent five days away from them ever before. And I feel like a loss, mm-hmm. like someone's died. It's true. That's it what is it feels loss. like. Mm-hmm. And then loss triggers so many uncomfortable so many things. things. So many things. You know, we're going through a big, you know, movement with Me Too. And we're really talking about those issues right now. How do you raise two sons, like, sort of within, like, all of this discussion and really in the Me Too era? I think it's an example like my mom was a feminist she Mm -hmm. was just like don't ever need a man right Mm -hmm. so i haven't ever needed a man like you know so i was just kind of raised like not to be dependent on on a guy and um my my kids i'm strong i am a very opinionated outspoken i'm i'm not scared of things Mm -hmm. things don't scare me Mm -hmm. People don't scare me. Mm-hmm. Situations that don't scare me. Like I just, I'm not a fearful person. Mm-hmm. I enjoy challenges. I think, I don't know. I just love humanity in all its forms, and I'm always interested in communicating with it. Mm-hmm. So because I have that reach, things aren't scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so they see that. So they just know that women are strong mm. because they see me and all my girlfriends. We're all just like chicks that do shit, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I'm not like... Uh, uh, a vulnerable little female creature that's trying to be strong. I just am strong. I'm confident. I'm like people. I, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. So I remember telling my kids once we were driving and I said, um, hey, boys, your bodies are rigged with more testosterone, like just physically mm-hmm. to um, you can be valuable in certain cir- circumstances if you keep your body physically fit. And, mm-hmm. you know, and they're Boy Scouts. And so that's part of keeping your body physically fit. Um, but I said, make sure you always like have some have some muscles, you know, because mm-hmm. it, you can be valuable and helpful in situations where people need a hand or some muscle. Mama, girls can have muscles too, mm-hmm. and they were like correcting me as if I was, you know, uh, not granting the fact that women are strong and powerful, mm-hmm. and and so my kids were like feminists mm-hmm. at me. Um, so I don't overthink this whole thing. I think that. The Me Too movement's important. I was told I couldn't make more than this one guy, the the lead guy. I was a co-lead I, oh. because it'd be awkward at work when he had never done television and wasn't going to do any promotion. Oh, my God. I did all the press and have statistics mm-hmm. of proven right. track record bringing in an audience. Yeah. And um, they're like, no, you can't make that much because he's already making that. So you can't make more. I was like, Why? <laughs> Says who? Like, why? Why? That's arbitrary. Yeah. That doesn't, that's illogical. Mm-hmm. Well, it would be awkward on set. I said, for who? Who's going to know? Yeah. Um, yeah, like, it wouldn't be awkward for me. Right, right, like, right, eating right. shit when I'm doing all the work. Right. right. Uh, yeah, no. So I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting more just because no. Just no. It's hard for people to say no, I think, um, and especially hard for women to say no. Um, We've been taught so much to just appease people and become like pathological accommodators. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is what we've been taught, that like the word no is so much more powerful than we think because so many people don't say it. Yeah. You know? And it Well, is there's the desire to be in harmony. And I do think women have a, bring this beauty and tenderness and have this opportunity to bring love mm-hmm. to the world. Mm-hmm. And so no seems counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. But we also have integrity. Mm-hmm. And we also are allowed to have goals. And we are allowed to hold our position in space. Right. Mm-hmm. And we do have rights. Mm-hmm. So I think we can be as loving and generous and in harmony and also have respect for ourselves. Right. And it doesn't mean you're a fucking asshole. I don't like an asshole in any form. I don't care what gender you are. Mm-hmm. No assholes. Right. So um, 
I think it's a matter for us. Like I had a strong mom who didn't take any shit, but she was with my dad 60 years and he was a lovely, lovely, sweet man. And she's, uh, was a great housewife and mother and worked odd jobs here and there to help extra support. And, mm-hmm. you know, but she didn't take any shit. Right. He, 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 she told me, she was in town the other day. She said, he turned and looked at me one day when we were first married and said, you'll do as you're told. She said, <laughs> I haven't done as I was told since I was five and yeah, I'm not starting yeah, now. Yeah. Right. So no. And he never said it again. And that was wow. it. You know, so I, I think it all depends on who sets the example for yeah. us and who we choose to whose example we choose to follow. And it is hard if you have a mother who, you know, I know someone who like just said the other day, I don't know what I do without mm-hmm. a man. And I was like, all right, well. Cool. Pick a good one then. Mm-hmm. And you what know? happens if they pass away? Oh, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then what do you do? That's that's the thing is I just believe in being very competent no matter what. Mm-hmm. That is my goal for our Starting daughters. Now. Yeah, yeah, too. You when do- you're raising women, you know, young women like we are, it's 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 so important because so much of the time, you know, you see you see the story happen. It mm-hmm. how it unfolds is a woman was too dependent on a man, and then all of a sudden he's gone, passes and then away, like, and then they passes can't do away, and they don't know what the fuck they're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's scary, but yeah, I think this is why. It's I so just important. get a lot of sensation out of learning things too, yeah. like you know. But you can have a man. Let them contribute to right. you. Like let them contribute. I just think of it as a human thing, not a gender mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It's just basic human rights. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think if we go from basic human rights mm-hmm. and basic respect mm-hmm. and treating others the way you would like to be treated and mm-hmm. trying not to do things to others you wouldn't want done to you, mm-hmm. I think it answers all these sort of extreme questions, you right. know? Um, I just I just think, but yeah, I guess as women, there's a deep, rich, ingrained thing of you just have to take, take, take it and eat shit. Right. And you don't. Mm-hmm. So before we have to go, because we don't want to lose you, we should yes. talk about fear. Though. Oh my yeah. god! Because I'm this so is most of the people are here. Okay, and this is Roxy's favorite show, and she it knows really everything is. about it. It really is. I mean, I adore this show. Well, here's your time. Love, I know. Time. I know. Yeah, yeah let's talk about, about it. Love. Here we go. So Fear the Walking Dead, amazing, amazing, amazing. Season five just wrapped. So we're in between seasons right now. And I, your character, June, is just delightful. She's wonderful. She's finally had her love story with John Dory. Yeah. It's been great. They just got married on the show. Unfortunately, they're in se- going separate directions right yeah. now. Because of Virginia. I know. I got to slap that yes. woman. She's got to get out of here. Right? Oh, not a fan of hers. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. Um, but because June and John Dory are now separated and going in seemingly different directions, could we see June end up on f- on the regular Walking Dead? Mm. Like, would she make that jump? Oh, I don't know. Uh, there's a definite time difference between the shows, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure about that. Uh, I don't know. They have so many cast members on that show already. I don't know. They need another one by me coming on. But um, I don't know. It depends on what Virginia's plan is for me and who she's connected to, I suppose. I'm curious who she's connected to, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, who? where do her roots go? Mm-hmm. She's awfully, uh, she's got a lot of settlements. And I'm, I'm curious. I don't think that she's just an independent um mm situation okay i know nothing the, the showrunners have told me nothing you know. but that's just like as a fan okay i'm like she's gotta be connected to something bigger if she's uh-huh. that like 
Hmm. Like, how is she not seeing the helicopter people? Right. With right. she has so many outposts, and she's around, and has found us, and I don't know. That's just I'm curious about that. But um, you know, I'm curious where Georgie on The Walking Dead, how she fits into all of this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Maggie characters mm-hmm. coming back to Walking Dead. Second half of season 10, they announced at Comic-Con New York. Mm-hmm. She's been with Georgie. I'm mm-hmm. curious where all of these little bits and pieces are going and, right. and where they're going to end up and, and if they're going to touch upon any of that in the new show that's mm-hmm. coming in the spring. And um, so I don't know. All I know is, um, you know, she's going to use people for what they're good at. Okay. You know, so I'm I'm... June is a trauma nurse, so I'm guessing she's going to put me to work. But um, (laughs) Do you think she'll come back to John Dory in this next season coming up? I have no idea how they're going to do it. I really really have no no idea. Not yet. I will will before Uh I start filming because they will go in and have a meeting and they'll tell us the whole... The whole arc of the entire season? Yeah, or at least the first date, you know. Okay. Um, Okay. Definitely. And they let me ask the questions and get my questions answered. Do you ever get frustrated when it's not the storyline that you want yeah. do you ever say something to the show i haven't yeah. had that happen okay. yet because i've really been enjoying it okay. um but i think again going back to how communication and learning the skills of communication mm-hmm. can help i use communication skills all the time okay. and i'm grateful mm-hmm. so i can't if i'm unhappy or have a question number one i'm employed i'm mm-hmm. thrilled mm-hmm. uh so i will respectfully ask questions Hey, I don't understand. Does this mean this or should that be that? Or maybe, you know, it might be helpful if this because that. Have you thought about that or what do you think? Mm -hmm. No need to be an asshole. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would definitely speak up because, see, I've had it in the past where some a storyline went a certain way and it, it was not not a good idea. Then it 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 negative effectively things. And I didn't say anything instead of going. Okay, can we talk about that? Because right. there's something not ringing true for me. You can do it in a very courteous way, right. but you can be effective and you don't have to stop until you feel better about it mm-hmm. and just keep communicating. But how to communicate, how to handle the conversation, mm-hmm. how to spot what they're doing, how to navigate that mm-hmm. so that you can maintain harmony. These are skills, you know, like going back to Scientology. I definitely learned that in Scientology. So it helps me maintain friendly relations mm-hmm. while maintaining harmony and like progressing through life in a way where I'm not feeling like a victim. Mm-hmm. So um, we saw the the end of the last uh, episode, season, end of season five. Morgan was really on death's doorstep. I know. <laughs> I mean, so just, hard. I, so, so sad. Hard, right? So hard so to watch. Sad. He was so good. Lenny did such a great job. God, he's amazing, isn't he? he? Just amazing. Amazing. So is that the end of the road for? Morgan, Morgan? Yeah. I don't know. I really don't, don't know. Again, I yeah, don't again. know. Okay. I when I read the script, it didn't hit me mm-hmm. that he was that close to death as it did when I saw how they ended up filming it. And I was okay. like, oh my god, no, he's really bad. And there was some other things in the script mm-hmm. that I thought, oh, maybe that's what's going to happen is blah blah. Mm-hmm. But then it wasn't. They either didn't shoot it that way because it wasn't oh, my okay. scene, or they cut it. Okay. So then I was like, oh. So if they're not going to, then then who? Oh. Okay. So then I really got worried. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because there was some other alternate oh. scenes okay. and alternate endings with, because, you know, everyone went in different mm-hmm. ways. Right. Um, 
that I thought was going to circle back around, but then that didn't end up happening. So now I really have no idea. <laughs> so safe to say you're here to stay for at least a little while. Like we're not going to see June. Years. We're not going to see June get our well, crazy. Well, I don't know if something happens in the story, but I, you know, that serves the story. I'm always here to serve the story. If it right. serves the story, cool. But it, mm-hmm. um, but you ever fear that? Do you fear that? I did yeah. fear it the first season while uh-huh. I was just getting my bearings. And then I went, oh, I don't think that the, that would be their first thing is to bring me on and then kill well, me. I'm going to have right a series away. regular for like several seasons. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, it could happen. Mm-hmm. I'm right. just enjoying my time. Try not to think about it. Really. Right. I was on a show once and they um, uh, the second year they brought me up and they said, this is great storyline for you. Um, your character is going to be thrown in the river and the lead guy is going to swim after you and you're going to be like almost dying and he pulls you out and he starts to give you mouth-to-mouth resuscitation and then you die. And I just want to say thank you for coming and being part of the show. <laughs> and I was like, why? Because I was like so into the story and they're like, and you die. No. And um, thank you so much for being here. And I was like, this business is brutal. Yeah, it is like, brutal. It's just brutal. like you never know what what is coming around the corner. So. Yeah, and it can really fuck your mood. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It and must be kind of fun to die though on screen. Like to have those death scenes that are very yeah, I've like, never died on oh, screen. Oh, you have? No. Many times. I haven't. Oh. I've always been doing comedy. Like, you know, really. Yeah. have these like death scenes, death scenes comedies yeah. you know so no i don't know and my day will come you know but i'm i'm hoping to stick around for a while and mm-hmm. explore story mm-hmm. and explore characters and different character interactions it's i'm strongly interested in it and okay. i'm really enjoying my time doing it and and i'm i'm just i'm all in i'm fully committed to the walking dead universe yes. and I, I love it so amazing and as you mentioned you're a fan now too yourself I am. you know i'm so interested in all of yeah. it yeah so cool should we do, we're going to leave, but we have something that we do right at the end. We ask a few quick questions, like, never have I ever. Mm-hmm. Would you be up game for it? time. Okay. Yay. So never have I ever stuck gum under a chair or a table. Is this true or false? Will you say never? never if you've you never and you ha- or, or you have. Yeah. I, I have to escape detention once at Catholic high school. Okay. <laughs> and you probably got yeah, a detention too. when they well, found out. They never found out about that one, but it was like 20 bucks in detention. I missed ballet class that you were seen having gum. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was about to be seen because I had gotten detention before. Mm-hmm. And so two detentions was not going to be like right. part of my story. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So never have I ever flirted or lied to get out of a speeding ticket. And did it work? If it if, Never flirted? Uh, that scares me because I don't know if maybe I'm going to bring something upon Christian myself. Yeah, yeah. Christian Chenoweth flirts did, all the time to get yeah. out of a Christian. Uh, yeah, but she said it didn't work for her. She said it didn't work. Didn't work. Yeah. I mean, what if they are a rapist? So I wouldn't want to bring on something unwanted (laughs) on the side of the highway uh, by someone holding a gun. Um, So, but have I lied? You know, honestly, I I haven't. I'm always really honest. Yeah. And I either it either gets me out or it or it doesn't. I just want good karma in that territory. So I I don't, I don't push it too much. Yeah. Never have I ever faked an orgasm. I haven't. Never? Like, I never do. I'm like, never, get that ever. I always no, have why? one. I don't need to fake it. Yeah. Why? Why? What if you just are like in a rush and you sort of have something to do? And no, you I kind just of don't get... have one. 
Oh, you just will. Okay, so I don't you'll just be to like, fake it. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna fake it to my husband. I can't another. even look him in his the eye. You've had one guy for like thirty. Yeah, years. that's yeah, why, yeah, you know, right. With right. us, like yeah, and I've been with partners. him since I was nineteen. So like, yeah. I didn't even know about faking orgasms as like an eighteen year old. Right. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. and I wasn't like having tons of sex, right? Because I wasn't that kind of girl. Mm-hmm. And then I got been with him since I was nineteen. So, so you then, had a few partners before him. Yeah. Okay. Couple. Yeah, like a handful. It's a good, nice handful. Yeah. I was only single for two years, and I'm glad that I met my husband. Do a lot of damage in that two years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Like hundreds of thousands of people, <laughs> all named Jonathan at the door from Barcelona. At least you can okay. get into any club you I want I can get LA. into any club. I, I have slept with all of the doormen. Um, but it was only a two-year period, so we're good. We're good. And there's no days, as far as we know. Yeah. Luckily. As far as we know. Yeah. Okay, two more questions. Oh, gosh. So never have I ever gotten kicked out of a bar. Haven't. Never. No. Not even back in the uh, mm. party party times? No, I don't. Uh, number one, I'm not like a troublemaker. Okay. And I'm the pretty girl. They tend to keep them in the bar. Ah, uh, yes, yes. They yes. like the pretty girls the to pretty be girls. in the bar. Pretty girls can be as crazy as they You've want. You've been kicked They're out like, right <gasps> at the end of one. This one, I have. Drink I, have I have. I have. Oh. And it was actually kind of recently. It was like maybe last mom's year all oh. day. Yeah, yeah, day. we had a mom's night out my college girlfriends and i <laughs> when we're together we sort of revert back to as if we we're in college again sure. and we just you know let the let the drinks kind of flow and let the dancing flow and get the best of us and the guys were like yeah i think it's you time for you guys to leave, to leave. <laughs> yeah. we were it. like but we were like it's kind of a badge of honor oh like, yeah we still got it ladies we still got yeah. it that's <laughs> amazing never have i ever panicked about dying no i don't care about that see i need it to doesn't stop. scare Every you night i panic no about death like or the process no i have dying. a very eastern viewpoint about death what is your viewpoint about it well i mean if you, you, you i mean there's hindu and right. and buddhism so viewpoint right. it was oh absolutely like right. it's Reincarnation. like spiritual i'm i'm good i'm i'm not my body mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't die mm-hmm. i've always known that since i was a little girl oh wow i don't die okay you can't I, kill me yeah I like the Eastern my body philosophy. yeah better yeah. for me works better for me than the western for some reason yeah. like that it's not finite that we just keep moving right. and yeah changing and i think that's where it gets scary if it if it is finite, finite mm-hmm. and then that's the end you know but or, does that feel right to you you know <laughs> i can see i can see i can definitely see reincarnation and coming back and like living lives because i do feel like i encounter those spirits where you're like that spirit or that My energy daughter, yeah. has been here before mm-hmm. or i met and you know at some point in the yeah. past or um so i definitely you know could you know believe that that that's a possibility so so yeah. my daughter you know. my last daughter she was the third pregnancy i had we lost two and then we have her and she's from another universe. I swear to God, there is something about her. She's just so different than my first. I love my first. Maybe she's not from another universe. She's an earthly creature. But my second just has something. It's almost like she knows about the other babies that didn't make it, you know? Mm. So I don't know. I do rainbow believe baby. in it. Yeah, rainbow yeah. babies. Mm. On that note, on, on the rainbow baby note, thank you so much Lovely. for being here. Thanks for having we me. We loved man. having you. So wonderful. You have probably you. given so you've given yeah. so much advice to our listeners and things to think about, and yes. they're so excited to see you and your next episodes of Walking Dead. And I'm going to start Fear, Fear of, of the, the Walking, walking Dead. Dead. Don't hate me. I'm starting. I'm starting tonight. I'm starting tonight, and I will, I will text you because I will binge I will watch, watch it and not yes. be addicted. Okay. And, and I have to addicted. tell you, we were talking before the podcast how beautiful your hair is in its natural state, and you need to continue. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Um, That's what I tell her all the time. You just to two times a week. Celebrate. So stunning. Really? It's so beautiful. You are just so beautiful naturally. And I think mm-hmm. you should just lean into that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's very nice you said that. Because <laughs> yeah. last night I said to my husband, I've lost it. You don't even like me. No. So thank you. Because Jenna Elfman has told me that. I, I, embrace, know, right? I will embrace this hairdo. And do we have an air date for season six of Fear of the Walking Dead yet? I don't. But okay. if the... If Walking Dead's airing now, mm-hmm. and then it'll be done, I don't know, earlier next year, and then mm-hmm. the new show mm-hmm. um, is going to air spring, I would imagine we're summer. Okay. I'm just <laughs> guessing that seems like that would be logical. Okay. And you go back to filming end of this year, right? Uh-huh. <gasps> nice. Well, people we're can so excited. listen to your podcast. Yes. Yeah. Kicking and Screaming, it's called on iTunes. Ooh. You can watch it. We film it, um, or you can just listen on mm-hmm. any of your other podcast uh, apps or whatever. But yeah. Oh. At Jenna Elfman on Instagram and social. That's yes. right. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for having Thank you. Thank you for having us. Oh I was like, thank God. you for yeah. us having you. Yes. Thank, thank you, Roxy Soxy. <gasps> thank you, Tam Tam. And I love you and I'll see you I next week. I love you week. too. And we are Women on Top. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.